Tell me your truth. I am your host, as always, Nikki Eldridge, and I'm pissed today, y'all. I'm a little bit pissed off. So, this morning, like early this morning, it stormed, probably through last night, and I'm up early. I went to go take my second walk on the treadmill since recovery, and my fucking power goes out. Like, why? At 7.15 this morning, fucking power. It wasn't even storming. Just wind. Just wind. Because, I don't know. Our fucking, I don't know. Our house has, like, always had the worst fucking luck with power outages. Always. I have lived in houses and had ridiculous fucking storms and barely ever lost power. It blows the slightest wind around here. And boom, we have no fucking power. It's really fucking annoying. Um, and I'm over it. But I have very little battery left on my computer, so I'm going to babble no more, um, and just tell you what we're doing today. So we have Jess Lance on the show. Um, some of you might know her as Jessica Lance, but she'll get into this. She doesn't like being called Jessica because she feels like she's in trouble. Um, she is a friend from the town that I live in. Our boys go to school together and her and I just have so much shit in common. And we found that out over this conversation. I had to split this episode into two parts because We talked about so much shit. We spoke for like four hours. That's not even a joke. There was so much content that like I I, I literally went cross-eyed by the end of trying to like figure out where to split this and like edit it. But you know what? The conversation was so fucking good and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this one. So I'm going to shut the fuck up now and let you guys meet Jess. And then at the end, I'll catch you on the other side of this and tell y'all what's coming up for next week. Okay, here's Jess. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me Your Truth. We have a really cool guest today. Jess, hi. How are you? Hi. <laughs> so this is Jessica Lance. She is a friend. Our boys go to school together. And she has a really freaking cool and interesting and crazy life. And I want her to share with us today about this awesome life she has. She has a really cool business we'll talk a little bit about too. And yeah, this is just that weird awkward part where I pretend like we haven't been talking for the last like 20 minutes before we started this episode. So, <laughs> hi again. Hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, tell introduce yourself a little bit um because like I said, I don't like introducing people. It's awkward and strange. These are always the weirdest parts of these interviews. So yeah. tell the people a little bit about yourself and then we'll kick it off. All right, guys. Um, this is the weird part for me because I always feel like I'm reading a resume. But my name is Jessica, as Nikki said. Um, I go by Jess, if you know me. Anyone who calls me Jessica, I instantly in the pit of my stomach feel like I'm in trouble. Like someone is going like, Jessica, like my mom or, you know, so when my husband says it, I'm always like, what? Like, <laughs> why? Nicole. With Nicole for me, yes. it's like, they call me Nicole at work because that's what's on all my paperwork. Yes. My, my government name, you know? Yeah. But, and I'm like, what? What did I do? Because I only right. got Nicole and I was in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's Jess. I go by Jess. Um, I have been married to my husband, Tim, for going on nine years. We've been together 13. 
fun story. We got pregnant on our very first date. That is <laughs> how it started. Five kids later, we're still together. We have a zoo at home between our five kids and all of our pets. I'm a special needs mom. Two of my kiddos have um, cerebral palsy. So we, you know, we have that a little extra uh, level of spice in our lives. And then, you know, I'm the crazy chicken lady in town. We've got a, you know, a brood of uh, hens out in the backyard. I don't know. I want to say I'm like a political activist. I don't know. I've got, I feel like I have my, my hand in a little bit of everything. I always tell everyone I'm like uh, Jill of all trades, master of none, you know, like my, my, uh, interest and my specialities are like 17 miles wide and an inch deep. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, everyone will say, you know, everything about everybody, or, you know, everything about this. And I have a lot of people come to me for advice. So it's fun. Um, I just call that like ADHD Supreme. So I like to hyperfixate on one thing and then I move on to the next thing and I move on to the next thing, but I, you know, thankfully retain, yeah. <laughs> you know, all of the, the knowledge along yeah. the way. <laughs> I feel like you relate to that a little bit as well. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's right. very much like you said, the Jill of all trades, master of none. Like I yeah. get on a rabbit hole and then I'll go down that until I'm like, okay, I'm done. And then I just drop it and move on to something else. Yes. But I still remember. I just yeah. decide I'm not, I'm just not doing that anymore. Like I've learned right. good. I've, yeah. I'm satisfied. So we move on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the business that I own, I own Bewitching Botanicals. I am an herbalist by trade. I have been practicing that for about 10 years now. I'm actually going through another advanced practitioner program. When I remember to log on and do my schoolwork, <laughs> there we go with that ADHD um, executive dysfunction. So now, thankfully it's a, you know, a self-paced program. So I'm working through that now. I'm trying to think I am just like itching for gardening season. I am like ready to be out in my backyard, like digging in the dirt. I have an urban, I call it an urban homestead. We live in town, but I have a large garden. I enjoy canning. Like I've got my chickens. We've got berry patches and fruit trees. And I'm one of those people. So like eco-friendly, but a little bit silky. I'd say I'm like, you know, not a super, I'm a, I'm a pretty crunchy mom, but we're also like, we do like de- delayed vaccination schedule. Like we believe in Western medicine when it's needed, but our first line of defense, you know, is kind of always the, the natural remedy first. I had a crazy childhood, um, abusive father, um, divorce, like you name it. It's happened to me. I joke about that. I joke that I'm like walking Murphy's law. If it can go wrong, like it always goes wrong, but then it always goes right in a really big way to kind of make up for it. So like, you know, I had an abusive childhood. I have special needs kids, but like it's afforded me a perspective and like crazy opportunities in life to like, we went on a make a wish trip last year with the boys. Like we've been gifted, you know, financial donations and food. Like when the kids are sick, like it always comes back. I feel like but we have to dig our like way through the trenches first before it like circles back around and, and lifts us back up. But no, that's a little bit about me. I mean, in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. So you, you brought it up. So I feel safe to ask. Yeah. Do you care to touch a little bit more on your childhood and some experience? If, if it's too uncomfortable, that's 100% up to <sighs> you. We can, we can not go there, but anything you feel comfortable sharing about your childhood and what, how you feel like that sort of shaped your decision-making in your own life right now? 
I mean, so for a long time, it really fucked me up. Yeah. Um, it took, it took a lot of, I did therapy a lot as a kid at school and throughout school. So like my, my bio dad was, I don't know, I hate to make excuses for him, but he was young. And I mean, I feel like that's a stupid excuse, but he had anger issues. I mean, I think that's where it all stemmed from. There were, you know, days where like, if he didn't like what we cooked for dinner, he flipped the kitchen table over like while we were all at the table or like threw like full cans of soda at us or like at my mom, like just he, he had anger issues. He had anger issues in relationship outside of my parents' marriage. He never like hit us directly, but was just just scary. Yes. Like it's hard to say that he was like physically abusive because he never hit us or like we never saw him hit my mom, but he was very manipulative and very angry all the time. But then he was also extremely loving. So like, it was very like, I don't want to say he was bipolar because I, he's never officially been, you know, diagnosed with a mental illness, but it was very much like that. Like he was your classic narcissist prom King held all the school records, like, like cute guy, nice looking guy, got all the girls. But like, I honestly, like as an adult looking back, think it was really like a self-esteem and confidence issue for him. And that's me like being able to look back and analyze. But I mean, it was, it was a scary childhood. Like you never knew who you were going to get. And my mom was always just trying to make it the best she could for us. And she would leave my dad and then go back to my dad um, because he was very manipulative. He would, oh, I've changed, you know, I'm going to be better. And a lot of my childhood, I've kind of like, not that I don't remember it, but I really only remember like the bad parts of like 12 and under when my mom met my stepdad and was finally done um, with the back and forth thing with my bio dad. um, You know, we never really talked to him after that. Like he kind of was like out of our life. He never reached out. We never reached out. He did his own thing. We did our own thing. Um, And my mom's husband now who she's still married to is, is, is our dad. Like he stepped into the traditional role and like, he was there for us. He was there for us, you know, when we broke up with boyfriends or when we got our first period or like, you know, he was the guy. And so he's still the guy, he's still the guy, but um, I would say my childhood has had a direct reflection on how we choose to parent and the way we live our life. And like my husband and I both have come from different, different types of abusive childhoods. And, uh, yeah, we just, it really does have a direct impact on the decisions we make to take care of the kids and like the processes and the thought process we have, the way we talk to our children you know, the comments that I just made a post actually today on my bewitching page on my, my business page about, um, how the comments you make stick with you. Like the original poster was talking about body image and how people called her fat or said, you're going to eat a second serving or, and in my house, it was, you're stupid. Why would you do that? Like, and those things stick with you. And so, yeah, I would say it's definitely had a direct impact on, on the way we parent and the way we go through our marriage together and the way we communicate. Yeah, um, I, I can relate. So I didn't have so much of the abusive childhood, but I had absentee parent. So oh, like, yeah. So 
and and my mother was a single mom and she did the best she could but yeah. she didn't have the best childhood either <laughs> so yeah. like, she and she you can forget about like trauma talking about trauma and everything she's very much the type of person where it's like you nut up and shut up right and you oh yeah and, uh, my and, mom's and like she, that a little bit yeah and that's how she coped and like as an adult going through all this therapy like learning all these things you can look at your parent and go okay you know what i mean like you can start yeah. to see where where that decision process kind of happened for her and like why she yeah. maybe made some things and then why your childhood turned out the way it did it's interesting i think like the more you learn about these things and then you can look back and see how their decision making shaped you as a person but yeah i mean i well and back when we were younger though i feel like there wasn't the same kind of support that there is now and there right. wasn't the same kind of um acknowledgement that it was happening i agree like my grandparents are great and my my mom is amazing and i feel like and she's so strong to have gone through what she's gone through yeah. and to like you know be where she is now and just i'm in awe and we came to like uh I don't, I don't want to say like a, a, a point last year, but she, um, you know, said, I'm really sorry about, you know, like everything we, I think we were going to like incredibly delicious to pick up like a cake or something for a birthday. And, you know, my mom and I aren't alone very often. We just don't have that kind of relationship where we like just hang out one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And for some reason she wanted to go with me and she did, she, you know, said, I'm, so I'm sorry, you know, like, I wish I would have left sooner, yeah. but like, I just don't think that there was, there wasn't social media. There wasn't like friends you could reach out to. And there wasn't like public acknowledgement that like, there was a support network for things like this. Like, and that there is, I think it was more like hush, hush. And I think like back then, even, you know, 25 years ago, women's shelters were like, stigmatized like it was like you know like the j-lo movie enough like it was like yeah. where you went when your husband beat you to a bloody pulp it wasn't where you went for help if you like were struggling with financial abuse or which is another you know part of my childhood that kind of shaped the way we live now you know like we're broke we can't do that like we have no money like you know or my bio dad spending our bill money on car parts or going out with it, you know, so it really, uh, shapes the way that we talk to our kids about finances. Like instead of telling our kids that we're broke, we now say we're not spending our money that way right now. So it really has kind of like reframed the way that we talk to our kids about everything. And it's crazy how people who grew up with money don't, hyper think about things like this and like tim and i don't want our kids tim is my husband by the way and i'm not sure i officially introduced him earlier when i said we were married um i do have a husband his name is tim but we we try to reframe finances in a positive light even if we're not like overflowing with money you know what i mean so we'll tell kids the we'll tell the kids like no we're currently spending our money on our bills right now we're not spending our money that way so no I mean having I feel like everyone's childhood affects them you know in certain ways but I feel like a lot of mine has really truly been impactful on my adulthood just because I try to do things opposite <laughs> not that everything was terrible because there were some good parts you know we uh I have some great 
great childhood memories as well. But I really do think for both of us, it's kind of framed the way that we think about things. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, we're we're pretty similar with our kids. We did hear that was one thing we did hear a lot is, well, I don't have that right now or we don't. You know, it was a lot of like money stuff. I feel like I knew. I knew about my mom's financial situation from a very young age. And I feel like I may not have always been successful with that conversation in my own home. If I'm being 100% honest, it took until the last few years to really understand that how I was speaking to my children, the things we talked about in front of our kids, that they remember those things, you know? And a lot of that came from just me not wanting to process the things that I remember yeah. as a kid and like what yes. had an impact on me. And then it's a whole nother layer when you realize, oh my God, I've been doing this to my own kids and now I'm creating yes. shit for them. Yes. And then you have yes. to like emotionally deal with that and then fix it, you know? Yes. But you, you know have to almost wonderful? like decompartmentalize. Yes. It's what's yes. wonderful though is these kids are so smart yes. and they figure it out very quickly. Yeah. And it helps for me to understand that my kids understand more than I think they do. And so we have very adult conversations in our house. Like we don't pull very many punches here because they're either going to hear it from us or they're going to hear it from somebody else. Right. That's kind of like we had a, we had a friend over, this is kind of like a beeline from finances, but it's about talking, you know, (laughs) adult with your kids. We had a a family member or a friend over, I can't remember last week, but we were talking about how Dixie, our puppy who we adopted, um, you know, what would we do? We adopted her in August and we were talking about how we need to get her fixed. So she doesn't start her period. And the person that was here, God, I can't even remember who it is right now, but was like, Oh, you mean when it's really gross when she goes through her girl time? And I'm like, my kids all know what a period is. Like Evelyn is, she's six. She knows that mommy has a period. The boys are 10 and 11 and 16. And they know that girls have periods. Like we have always just been really honest and open. We've always had honest and open conversations with the kids about sex, about drugs, about finances, about, because I would rather them have, I don't want to say like a realistic view, but like, I don't want it to be fucked up because we called their penis a wee wee. And then someone touches them inappropriately. And they're like, Oh, it just played with my wee wee. You know, like we've always been very like, like, literal and we've I yeah we have we're the same way though like I don't I don't think the first few years when the kids were really little we gave it much thought but once our like I don't know I feel like once they all went to school and they weren't with us all the time and they were around other adults like we just we did we started talking to them like they were little adults and not I mean obviously we didn't burden them with adult problems that they didn't, right, you know, right. need to go absolutely to about, but, but we did. I mean, we've always been very honest. Like they, yeah. yeah, I don't see what the point is. Like we were, we were, we knew when we were being lied to as kids, like we knew Yes, hundred percent. We might not have always been able to figure out exactly what they were lying about yes. when they were lying. So like that only yeah. makes you more curious and want to yes. push farther. So like, right answer their question in the most accurate but age appropriate way possible right yes the whole period thing in my house I have boys I'm the only girl in this house it's my husband yeah. and two boys so, so do you guys not talk about it 
Oh, no, we do. Do they know? Oh, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Because, well, I mean, you know, I just had a hysterectomy. Like, I just had everything taken out. And so, like, they had to know because my periods put me down. Like, oh, yeah. Be in bed and I'd be in pain and I'd be in the bathroom. And, like, I had one of them walk in the bathroom because they don't have boundaries. And I had, I had been (laughs) blood. And, like, he was horrified. And I had to explain to him. Like what this happens once was, a month, right? This You're happens to me. Absolutely, I was like, "This happens to be a man." <laughs> and this is why it happens. And I pulled up a YouTube video, and we yeah. sat and we learned about what a uterus was and <laughs> yeah. why it does that. And we had a whole conversation. And yeah. I was going to have this surgery. I sat down and explained to both of them. You know yeah. the the part that mommy has that makes her have a period. Uh huh. Well, yeah. that's what they're going to take out now so that I don't have to be in bed every time I'm bleeding. And yeah. they're like, oh, so they that's were so nice happy yeah. for me and understood yeah. why I was having this surgery, why right. I was going to be down for a little while. But that once yeah. I was better, I never had to have that problem again. And they were like, yeah, oh, right. Like they why would you not explain that? You know, like, I know. Tell your kids stuff, man. Like, tell your kids stuff. Well, anyway, the, like, the downside of this is I often worry when my kids go to other people's houses that they're going to say something <laughs> and those parents are going to be like, we what? are never letting them come over again. <laughs> like, what boundaries were just crossed? Because we are just, we're a very, I, I always joke, like, we're a naked family. Yes. Like, my kids have seen us naked. They've seen my husband naked. Like, like we talk about everything. We're just a very open family. And there yeah. are some families that are not like that. Yeah. And like my sixth grader, who is only 11 and he's 5'9 and he weighs 160 pounds. He literally is like a man now. Yeah. And he's 11. He kissed me goodbye the other day. And his friend's mom looked at me like, oh my God. And I was like, yes, he still kisses me goodbye. He's 11 years old and he's my son. Like, right. We're just that kind that? of family. Like, that, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, much. what the hell is wrong with that? Like, my, my kid better give me a damn kiss before he leaves the house. What I the know, and I just, I just and he's then, still eleven. There, that's a baby. I'm sorry, but he then I like one, but he is one. But then I started thinking, like, like, it, well, then I started second guessing myself. Like, are we crossing a boundary here? Like. Should he not kiss me goodbye anymore? But like, even our 16 year old will give me a kiss on the cheek. Like, I don't know. And then there are families who kiss on the mouth their entire lives. Like, yeah. But is it just, it's weird to some people and it's not. I'm not an on the mouth kisser, period. I never have been. Neither is Tim. It's it's a weird thing for me personally. I have zero judgment for anyone else who does it. It's my own weird self that's not a fan of that. Because that's how my husband is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like kissing my husband. (laughs) (laughs) That's how my husband is. Yeah. I'm serious. He is not into, I mean, he'll kiss me if I ask for it, but like, that man could go all day without kissing me and still love me to death. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I'm just not a kisser. (laughs) It's a weird thing. I don't care who you are. Like, I don't even like drinking. I don't even like drinking off of my kids' cups. Yes. So my husband is just like you, and yeah. I'm the opposite. I'm like, sure, <laughs> take a drink of my drink. Like, yeah, smack me a big one on the lips. And like, but yeah. I will say that I am chronically sick, and my yes. husband is not. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, but it did. It had me second guessing, like, 
maybe we do maybe we are too open with our kids like maybe we are too I don't think think that's a thing I know and then I you know I rationalize with myself like no I wish that my family would have been like this when I was growing up and yeah I feel like that has kind of been the driving force of our parenting is like how would I have wanted like 10 year old Jessica like how would she have wanted this handled yes like my husband says all the time that I pick on our middle son. So one of the twins, he says, I pick on him all the time. Like, not that I'm like mean to him, but he feels like I'm harder on him a little bit than like, I have higher expectations for him. Okay. And I do the other kids. Um, and I had a, ra- I had a realization like an epiphany the other day as I was cleaning under his bed and pulling out full bags of potato chips. I found bags of bacon bits and croutons and plates and cups. Like the kid has been hoarding food and like shoving it under his bed. Right. And so he had a sleepover with a friend and my other son had a sleepover as like here. So I had to clean out the bed and get it cleaned up for the, you know, Ethan's friend to stay. And I'm in there and I'm throwing stuff away and it hits me. The reason I'm so hard on Gabe is because he's me. Yeah. Like he's me. I was the messy kid with the shit shoved under my bed. I was the artistic quiet one that was super smart that hated school like the kid is me reincarnate Mm -hmm. like Ethan may look just like me but Gabe is me yeah and I feel like I'm harder on him (laughs) I don't think I'm harder on him but I think maybe unintentionally I have higher expectations of him because I'm projecting and so it was just like the other day I thought god I need to be nicer to him not nicer to him but I think I need to approach parenting him from a place of what I needed when I was that age and and you know like I don't think I realized that I was I know I just felt bad but no I get it because Nicholas you know better you do better but no I have I have one of those Nicholas is me reincarnated like yes 100% me except for this child has way more no no pun intended balls than I ever did it right like (laughs) way more it's almost like he's he really is the male version he's like the upgraded version yes like if I would have been born a boy I think I would have been him and yeah like he is just and I've I've always been very hard on him and like you saying that just really made me think about it I really have always been harder on him because I think in my own brain, I'm trying You're like Nikki, you should be doing better. Yes. Well, Nikki, I'm trying you should also, have done I'm trying this. to yeah. save him from yes. what I yes. went through because I've I've seen what it did to me. And like, yeah. but then I have to remind myself he may be just like me, but he's not me. And he doesn't yes. live in the house that I lived in, and he doesn't have yep. the I had, and it's not the same time of life yes. as it was when I was a kid. Like yeah. his existence is different. And then it yes. got me thinking, like, would my have my existence been different had I been born now instead of then? And the thing oh, yeah. we understand now about children and about autism and about ADHD that we do yes. understand. And like, I was I was never diagnosed as a child. I was just always I'm, put in the talented and gifted classes. Yes, told on all my report cards. Jessica talks too much. Jessica interrupts. Jessica doesn't raise her hand. Jessica's poking at her neighbor while she should be doing her work. Yes. Like Jessica had to go to the hallway to finish her assignment because she was like, or Jessica finished her assignment in three minutes when everyone yes. else took 45. 
yes. she sat there diddling with the person next to her like yeah yeah and know, that's crazy. that now teachers see that and they go yes oh, you know oh we have to talk to the parents there's something yes. going on here <laughs> you know and now going to the hallway or going to another room to finish your assignment is an accommodation yes yep. and it's not like looked down on anymore and it's like okay right. so so that's what you need that's great you know we we right. see it, we meet it and that's amazing right. but I didn't get that I had to mask my way through school I had yes. to struggle and learn to pay attention to who was around me and what were they doing so that I could socially survive you know like yeah. and these yeah. kids it's a little different I mean but I see him struggle with a lot of the same things I struggled with both in home at home and at school yeah. and it, it kills me for him and so I yeah. feel like I focus on him more because yep. I'm trying to to keep him from the pain that I felt, but I can't. Yes. You know, like I can't. Or you want him to just be a better version of what you are. Yes. Like and I that creates a whole other problem. Because these yes, are like not, I don't want these children are not to be a sloppy, a sloppy grown up like I am. I right, want him to be real. organized and know how to like manage his time and make executive decisions like yes. without procrastinating until the last second. Like but also, also yeah. like also it's probably never going to be like that like <laughs> i know for real though like our <laughs> brains yes they have a hell of a lot more support for their autism and ADHD or their struggles yeah. uh, as kids but at the same time that kind of brain is still that kind of brain and it, it's a struggle its whole life to do things that normal neurotypical people do just fine and I you know. know I could talk about this stuff for ages like this is probably my favorite topic is like neurodivergence and all of this stuff in, in adults oh, and, yeah. and how to parent this way and, yeah. and how, how to live as this way and like that's what yeah. I was telling you earlier my friend Amanda and I yeah. a whole segment of my show is called neurodivergent convergence and yeah. we just have her and I just talk all things neurodivergent and it's mm -hmm. probably my favorite thing and had I not also had this facet of the show where I like to talk about life in general and like all the hard things <laughs> yeah. I might just like drop tell me your truth all together and just stick to neurodivergent convergence yeah. it's, it's yeah. such a big topic for me well that in neuroplasticity is one of the ones that I deep dive all the time because my twins have brain injuries they were born with uh, it's a mouthful. It's called periventricular leukomalacia. Okay. So the can so the area between the white and the gray matter in their brain died. So oh. they think they think they process everything just like we do, but the area between thought and action is where is injured. It's where the, it's the part of the brain that's injured. So like even Gabe will have rational thoughts, but then sometimes he has irrational responses. Because there's no connection there. Gotcha. Like his brain has neuro, you know, neuroplasticity happens. So he reroutes, right. and he rewires and makes new connections. And so it is, it's, it, it adds a whole other layer to parenting yeah. because not only do I have to deal with my neuroses, I also have to think about the fact that they're brain injured children. Those two, like they, they're not typical. I feel like, especially when you have a large family and you have to learn, like, like Evelyn, if I look at her wrong, she cries. Ethan will beg for a spanking because he's got sensory processing disorder and enjoys that vestibular input. Right. Even at 11 year old, 11 years old now, he makes me give him like big, long hugs. Like that is his way of decompressing. Yeah. But like, it really is. It's crazy when you think that you're this 
neurodivergent parent and you have to figure out how to parent everyone else's yes <laughs> you know everyone else's accommodations and it's like no wonder I'm crazy yes. no wonder I forget what I'm doing and I I flip-flop words and sentences and you I'm stretched so thin and it's like yeah. and it can you crazy. just can we just take like two seconds to appreciate the fact that like the way we were parented could never and is never going to work for the people in our house. Like, and having to make that, no. <laughs> that hard distinction, like we're nineties kids, both of us, yes. right? You yes. ate, you ate what was put in front of you. You did what you were yes. told yep. you wore what you were told to, to wear. Like, I don't know how yes. your mom was with like magic. Yeah, it was ch- well, uh, children, uh, ours to be uh, seen and not heard. Correct. I heard you make a better door than you do window when I yes. stood in the wrong place. Like, <laughs> I only saw that growing up. Therefore, I thought that was my, that's how you do things. That's your model. Right. That's how you do things. And because change is difficult for people with ADHD and autism, like you have a hard time reframing that worldview, right? And when I tried to take what I was shown, like this is how you parent and apply that to my own children and it backfired time and time and time and time time again. Then you start to think, oh my God, I can't do this. Like I am Mm -hmm. not meant to be a parent. I'm not cut out for this. This is not for me. What did I do so wrong? Well, and then you figure out, oh, I'm, I'm the problem because I'm trying (laughs) to, right? Like it's so hard to realize that. Absolutely. And you're forcing a a paradigm on a family that it's never going to work for. And I think the most revolutionary thing that I ever did in my house was forget how I was parented. (laughs) Yeah. Stop it. Like yeah. it's not gonna work. And every person in this house needs something completely different than the next one. I have one that's sensory averse and one that's sensory seeking. Okay. Oh, that's Gabe. Gabe used to have to eat dinner with a wet towel because if he got sticky foods on his hands or face, he would yes. cry. Yes. The kid has never carved a pumpkin. And then I've got no. Ethan who like wants to headbang the wall just to feel himself headbang the freaking wall. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. And like, and, and also I have one, like my youngest Noah is averse to some things, but mostly seeks other things. And then, yes. so you have to manage that. And then food, yes. food. Okay. Food. In oh. your, is this a thing for you where like, you're a short order cook because you don't have yes. any other choice? Like you how yes. many times do we hear? Well, don't be a short order cook for your kids. What they get is what they get and feed them. Yes. If they're really hungry, they'll eat. No. No, they won't. Then you end up with Gabe who has food stashed under his bed because he's sneaking out at 10 o'clock right. to eat what he wants. And then exactly. food for meals. Yeah. No, exactly. we, we have a rule in our house. Like I make a dinner. So everyone gets to pick one meal a week, like one day a week. So like Ethan picks a day, Evelyn picks a day, Gabe picks a day, Tim picks a day. If you don't like what that person picked, you can have ramen noodles or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah. or a can of SpaghettiOs. Like we have right. three Something. options. Yeah. And sometimes Ethan will eat SpaghettiOs four days in a row for dinner because that's what he wants and that's what he'll eat and that's what he likes. Right. And so, and sometimes my husband will be eating a frozen pizza because he doesn't want to eat chicken strips, chicken nuggets, and chicken patties three days in a row. (laughs) So, I mean, it is what it is. We're kind of, I joke, I joke with all of my friends and even my family. I always say our kids are kind of free range kids. Yes. Like our kids. This is going to sound really shitty to some people who are probably listening, but like our kids say bad words, like our kids say bad words in our house. They don't say bad words in public. They don't say bad words at school. They don't say bad words. They do to their friends when they're in private, but (laughs) 
Yeah, like they, they do anyway. Newsflash: your kids say bad words anyway. Yes, like they say them anyways. We we always we always want to be a safe place for our kids. Like yes. we we want to be a safe place for our kids to be themselves because yes. I feel like especially like going through the public school system, going through like you said the model of the way we were raised when we were growing up that we're literally trying to make like little cookie cutter people. Yes. And when you think back to the people who changed the world and the people who are the greats and the revolutionaries like none of them were cookie cutter people. Absolutely. Like not. they were people who fought the man, they went against the grain like they spoke radical ideas. They said bad words. They, you know, ate the yeah. same thing every day of their life, like, yeah. or, you know, or they, the same they shirt there. every day of their life for, yeah. Yes, like the same it, outfit. Bill Gates, like, was it Bill Gates that wore the turtleneck all the time? Yes, every day. Elizabeth Holmes, that, that crazy lady from Theranos did the same yeah. thing because he did yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah, just crazy, just craziness. But yeah. yeah, they're, the revolutionaries are not cookie cutter. Like you can't copy paste of of a revolutionary human you just can't you have to let them evolve on their own and and the bad words thing like i've never censored music in our house oh yeah like i do not (laughs) i don't like i don't censor music and i never have and my husband's like what do you mean you're letting them listen i'm like yeah dude they're gonna hear it anyways like do you remember when we were 12 we were singing to the window to the walls sweat dripping down my balls like and no one blinked like no one blinked an eye nobody cared or like (laughs) freak a leak do you remember that song oh yeah my neck my back yeah Yeah. like yeah like the worst shit these kids think their music is so nasty these days and like the people are so shocked by it you should listen to the shit we were raised with like just stop it you're not gonna shop okay like but i know i mean i don't know i just don't feel like i feel like the way that we have to raise these kids gets us a side eye though like do you get the side eye sometimes from people oh all the time all the time you know i'm sure i'm sure people i know people judge me i have people I, I mean, I outwardly have people judge me for my business, for the yeah. way that I raise my kids. I mean, like I let my kids pick out their own clothes. Gabe went to school the other day with his shirt on backwards because I told him 17 times to turn his shirt around. Yeah. And like he wore it backwards all day long. And yeah. I'm sure teachers and I'm sure people were like, does she let her son leave the house like that? But yeah. I mean, I feel like you have to pick and choose your battles and Absolutely. that's not a battle that I want to choose. And Absolutely. like this. This morning when I was, I got Gavin on the bus, everyone else, all of my children ride the bus except for Evelyn. Evelyn is in first grade. And I feel like first grade is a massive developmental change for kiddos. And I, I told the bus driver, she was like, Oh, you're driving Evelyn again. You're still doing that. And I was like, this is not an end all be all battle. Like I would rather drop her off at school and her have a great day at school than her have an emotional breakdown at the bus stop and run home because she has anxiety. Like, right. I, I own my own business. I'm a stay at home mom as well. Like I have the capacity to take her to school. And if that little gesture makes her feel stable throughout the day and like, have a great day. Yeah. I'm going to fucking drive her to school. I'm Absolutely. like, Yes, I do. I feel like, like you said, we have to parent each of these kiddos differently. I feel like I do get judgment the way that I, you know, allow them to talk, the way that they dress. Like Ethan had a sleepover this weekend and uh, 
the kiddo went, they went to their first school dance, which was a huge thing. And then he spent the whole day with us the next day. And when I got home to take him home, because Tim, my husband had been home with him, the kid was covered in mud, had scratches (laughs) on his arms, like, like looked like he went through the ringer and I took him home and the mom reached out to me and was like, why does my son have scratches all over himself? And why is, why are his shoes muddy? And I said, we let them play in the backyard. Like they played with pretend sticks as swords and like, yeah, and they got they were boys because they're boys. Right. Yes. Yeah. I said they were, you know, they were off of electronics. They went outside and played and, and the mom was like, ha ha ha. Okay. But I know she was like, what are you let these kids, you know, like it had that undertone, like, what are you letting your kids do? And it's like, well, I'm letting them be kids. Right. Like, okay. I, so oh. this is like a perfect segue for like, a friendship conversation too, because I feel like I have to be super careful with who I allow around myself and my kids. And like the whole like masking thing is what we were just talking about with my friend. Like we, we were the whole episode we just did was on masking. And like, I feel like it makes it difficult for my kids to have friends, for me to have friends because mm-hmm. you don't know who you can really be yourself around because yes. you're so different and it's it, it's yes. just cool. and I feel like like the whole with people coming over we don't have a lot of people come over to our house the one friend that Nick has had come over here a couple times because it doesn't really come over anymore I don't know if they're just like not talking as much anymore right but like the first thing I asked this lady when she came over was like do y'all cuss in your house because we cuss in our house <laughs> But if you don't See, cuss I in don't your care. house, like I will, I will make sure that I don't cuss around your kid. But yeah. like, that was literally one of the first things I said. I was like, um, listen, this is who I am. Like, but I will, I, I can squash it around your kid if he's not used to hearing cuss words, but I'm just letting See, you know. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? This is going to make me sound probably like a terrible person to everyone who listens, but I don't ever ask that question. And Tim and I are always a hundred percent ourselves. Like my husband will make a dirty joke to my 11 year old son and his friends, because that's what my husband and my son do. And like, sometimes the friends will be a little shocked, but let me just tell you that they always, I feel like the kids always melt from being like these like perfect, like on your best behavior kids. to like actually acting like themselves in my house. Yeah. Like, I feel like, they say the funny things and they act a little wild. Like, and I had Ethan had a friend over at one point and a fellow mom said, Oh, that kid is really wild. Like he's not very good. He blah, blah, blah. That kid is a freaking angel when he's at my house. And I think it's because he can be himself. Like, yeah, they're a little wild and they're cackling until two in the morning and they're, you know, like doing stupid things, but like, that's, that's who they are. Right. I don't know. It's, it's a struggle for like, for me personally too. Like, I feel like it's really difficult to make mom friends. Like, oh yeah, really difficult because the one thing I do hang on to from the way I was raised is we like group parent, right? Like when we were around, whatever adult was in your presence, that's who you got pulled off by. And you had to listen, like if you were doing something stupid and that adult saw you do it, it doesn't matter if that's your mom. Or whatever, or if you even know oh, that, yeah. if they saw yep. you do something stupid, you snap it up. And oh, just- I'm that person. I, I run oh. out of my store and yell at kids on the square yeah. <laughs> and like, say, "Quit doing that!" Like yeah. you're not supposed to do that. I'm very much like that. Yeah, yeah. And then, but also too, like the being yourself part of it. It's like I'm, 
I've come to this point in my life where like I'm really done trying to conform to what someone wants me to be just so that I can have a friend or morphing into what they like and what they do and taking on their personality and their mannerisms just so that I could have that person in my life. And I'm, I'm very, that came with a lot of work, but like, I, I can't anymore. Like I, I physically, I've lost the ability to do it. And so if you hate me, that's fine. But like, I'm not going to change just so you'll be my friend. So it makes it hard to two parts on. (laughs) So two parts on this. I love that you just talked about how you feel like you change to be friends with certain people because yeah. that's how I was my entire life. I yes. never had, I never in my entire life have had the best friend. Like everyone has had the best friend. Like they've been friends with for 20 years or blah, blah, blah. Like we met in kindergarten. We're still talk. Like I've never been that person. I've been the chameleon that hung out with the jocks. And then I hung out with the goths. And then I hung out mm-hmm. with the the art people. And then I hung out and I did science club and I felt like I acted differently when I hung out with each group of friends. And I still kind of feel like I have to be like that as an adult. And I, um, if this kind of segues into the way that I do my business, I feel like I, so I started a business in 2019, um, at making organic bath and body products, which I've always done as like a cost, a cost saving measure for my family. So having special needs kids like always made me really cognizant of the things that we use. And I never locally could find products or things that like fit the criteria that I was looking for. So, you know, the old adage, like if you can't do it, like if you can't find it, do it or, like do it yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? If you yeah. can't find I don't know what it is. I'm having yeah, a if you're not part. finding what you're looking for, then make it or create it yeah, or, yes. or go first. So, right. Like yes. you, so you do it. Yeah. when I when I started my business, I feel like I was extremely authentically myself. Like I went in and like, I had bad words on t-shirts and I had cute little like kitschy bags. And then I feel like over 2020 and 2021, when the pandemic really hit and people were like staying home, not making money, like not spending money. I feel like I morphed into what I thought everyone wanted. And I really feel like I spent the last half of last year and this year, I kind of had that revelation. Like, I don't want to be like everyone else. Like I would put an idea out and then 15 other boutiques or businesses would copy my idea. And I used to get so frustrated because here I thought I was like being original and like coming up with these things and doing this. And then all of a sudden it was like, boop, 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 all these lights, like everyone was doing it. And so I had this rational, like radical rash rationalization where I thought if I'm 100% me, no one else can be me. Right. Like if I'm, if I'm putting out an outward expression of my inward self, like literally no one else can do that. They can try to copy it, but it's not going to be authentic. Right. So I feel like I've slowly like started being more myself, wearing clothes that make me feel like me, like whether Mm -hmm. it's the same pair of black leggings every day and the same bewitching botanicals t-shirt, because then I don't have decision fatigue over what to wear every day or because that's the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Or, <laughs> like, you know, when you try on everything in your closet and you know, it fits and you bought it, but nothing fits and feels right. You just like have a freak out. I have. And I feel like that. I feel like I have been the chameleon my entire life. And I've always just done what I thought other people wanted me to do. 
so that they would like me or they would want me to be in their group or they would want me to be friends with them. But like, I've never been truly happy doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point in my life, I'm like, I would rather be the old crone at home with her chickens and her big garden, reading her books, like making my bread in the kitchen by myself with my husband, than like actively going to bars or like socially drinking, which I've been sober for seven years now. I made the radical choice. Like I'm done playing that game with people. Yeah. It makes me feel sick. It doesn't make me feel good about myself, mm-hmm. but like I am, I'm just tired of chasing tail trying to bring people in. And I figure if I'm a hundred percent authentically me, then I will attract the people who want to be with me. Right. You know what I mean? Like I would rather have a beat where I'm alone focusing on myself and attracting people that appreciate my loud voice and my whatever. Like I want friends that don't care if I have a double chin or that you can see my back fat in my shirt or like that I wear board shorts and a bikini top instead of a you know what I mean like right right yes so I do I feel like as I have aged I have I've just kind of realized like being that chameleon and you know changing the way that you view yourself to fit in is not worth it no it's exhausting I think it's the same with mom friends yes like I and I think that diversity is good for my kids like I want them to hang out with people who you know, are raised like one of Ethan's best friend is like one of Ethan's best friends, their family are like, I don't want to say extreme Christians because they're not like, yeah, crazy conservative, but they, they are very conservative. Their house is clean. There's never anything out of place. The mom doesn't say bad words. The dad yeah. doesn't say bad words. Like they are that cookie cutter nuclear family. And I do think it's, I do think it's semi healthy for him to have that perspective that like yeah. not everyone is like him, you know? And yeah, I mean, I think it's okay to be friends with people that aren't like you, but it's hard when you change yourself Yes, to be friends with those people. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. I'm totally fine. I mean, it takes, there's, there's, everyone has their own path to walk here, right? Like everybody. Right. And, and I wouldn't no more that I want to change for somebody to like me. I wouldn't expect that person to change for them to fit in with me either. Yeah. But at the same token, I feel like it's very difficult sometimes to have those very opposite ends of the spectrum friendships because you do find yep. yourself kind of shrinking. Pulling back. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I do actually, I do have two friends that I have been friends with like basically my whole life. But I always say, I always joke around. I have like five people who kind of like me, right? Like I'm <laughs> yeah. my circle, right? Like I have five people who kind of like me, who kind of deal with me. And then I have two people who are like my ride or dies, right? Yeah. So, and, and one of them is Amanda, who I do the show with. Yeah. And, and because she's, she's me, she's like, I call her like the yin to my yang. Like she yeah. is, I'm, I'm a little bit louder. I'm a little bit more boisterous. I'm a little bit, you know, more social. She's kind Mm -hmm. of like very happy just to be in her own bubble at home and like, fuck everybody else. I'm just here by myself. Thank Right. But we connect on so many levels that it works for us. Right. Right. It just works for us. And I call her house a time capsule because she like, nothing has changed in the 10 years, 20 years, however long there, like nothing has changed. Right. We have an interruption for my husband here. Can I help you, sir? Oh my 
Okay, go for it. Did your desk come finally? Yeah. Okay, so this is sort of applicable to the show, but my husband is finally giving me my desk back. <gasps> nice. Because he ordered a new one. And, um, <laughs> so, I mean, I technically <laughs> bought it for him when he started working from home, but I bought it cute because it yeah. had to go in our bedroom. Um, right. It does not function for him anymore for what he needs. So he bought a bigger one that is now in nice. our dining room is going to be in our dining room. And then yeah. I get my desk back so I can put it in in the bedroom and have my little pod, my little arm for the desk for my little. Yes. Phone. And like, I can have a full on like recording little studio in my bedroom, which is nice now. Um, nice. So that's what he's doing. He just interrupted to get his, his knife so he could open up all the boxes and build his desk. So. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, we were, we were saying before we were interrupted by the husband, I just, I, I long for that connection though. I don't know about you, but. Yeah. I I see that. Thank you. <laughs> and it's going to derail. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Um, so, um, he just totally derailed me. I, I love him to death, but damn. Um, I, I love my people, right? I love yeah. my people, but I live very far away from my people. So like a man yeah. three hours south, my other friend who I've known forever lives in Florida. So like, right. I don't have a... I feel like I don't have much of a support system around physically. here physically yes. and it makes it difficult. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I feel like it, I, I feel very isolated at times when I don't have someone to reach out. Like I don't even have my parents, like my parents aren't here. I don't have family here. It's literally just us. So when you have these, these situations where, I mean, neurodivergent kids are difficult to parent and then you're parenting them as a neurodivergent person yourself. You know, you have special needs boys. Like it's not easy. It's not easy. No. And you don't have no. physical support around you. So I don't have physical support, period. Like yeah. Tim's mom used to help for a while. Um, we actually hired her as a state agent, like through um like the state to be Gavin's nurse, but she got burnout because you know, caregiver burnout is real. It's a yeah. real thing. And then my parents, um, they live a town North, like emotionally, they're very supportive, like financially they're supportive. If we like have an emergency with the kids and need right. like whatever, like we went on our make-a-wish trip last year and we forgot Gavin's wheelchair in Illinois and oh, we no. were all the way in Florida. So like they ordered him a wheelchair on Amazon, which like, you know, was a little yeah. bit, it, it worked, but like, they're really great in a pinch like that. But like physically, they do not babysit. They never have babysat. Like yeah. they're not going to come and transfer Gavin from his wheelchair to the potty chair and wipe his butt. Like they're right. just not like that is not the relationship that they have with the kids. And I mean, I don't have friends that come over. I don't we, I mean, Tim and I, if we go on a date, like the kids have to be at school and he has to take a day off Yeah, because we don't have physical help with our family. Like and that. It is a, it's a really hard way to live like that because when you have, not only are the kids neurodivergent, but Gavin is also physically disabled. So like he's 100% care. And yeah. I always joke, like I say it jokingly, but it's true. Like he's a 65 pound, 10 year old infant in that capacity. Like yeah. if he needs flipped over or rolled over when you're in bed, like you think to yourself, you roll over in your sleep. Gavin has to physically wake up and yell my name mm -hmm. and I have to physically get out of bed and go roll him over. Yeah. Or like if he has to go to the bathroom, like 
I have to physically pick him up and carry him to the bathroom. Like, and I do, I just, it is, it's very hard to parent any kind of child that has extra needs alone. Yeah. And it is like, I have, I know you said you have like your five girls. I feel like I have a group of like four or five friends and we cycle through where like, I will text one like every day for a few months and then they Mm -hmm. kind of fall back. And then I'll text a group of two of them like every day for months and then we won't talk for a couple weeks. And it's like, I don't have, I can't say that I have that like ride or die. I feel like that would be my, like my husband. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he is, he's that person. He's the one that I text and say like, oh my God, I have the shits today. Today sucks. Like, oh my God, this customer came in and said, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, and I know he's not going to go be, you know, judging me or judging what I say or telling everybody. Right. Um, But no, I mean, it is hard. And I'm the same way though. Like I, I feel like I started bewitching botanicals, like not just making products, but I started my physical business as an outlet to have physical connections with people like in person, because I was a stay at home mom for 10 years. And when you're a stay at home mom, it's isolating. Mm -hmm. But when you're a stay at home mom to special needs kids, it's even more isolating. And then you, you've got all the medical appointments and therapists and all this on top of it. Yeah. I mean, I, after the twins birth had PT, I mean, I still have PTSD, but I feel like I have it to a point now where it's manageable unless there's like, unless there's like an appropriate crisis, like Gavin has surgery or a kid has to go to the hospital. Then it really like, I feel like I'm going to die. I'm having panic attacks. I start worrying about, uh, well, if I get sick too, it flares up and I worry that I'm going to die. And yeah. I mean, I'll get the flu and be like, oh my God, if I die, what are the kids going to do without me? Gosh. Um, but no, it does. I mean, it, it, I do. I, and I think that that's why I, I opened the business is because I needed to be able to even just have like, uh, exchange normal, like pleasantries with people. Yeah. Like, even if it was just like, Hey, how's your day? Like, Oh, I saw another human today. Like yes. it's good, but yeah, it is. It's hard. And it's hard when you're home and it's hard when 95% of the world is online now. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about that a little pre-recording, but yeah. it's like, I'm to a point now and I feel like I'm trying to change this, but I'm to a point now where like, if you can't do it online, if you can't order ahead or order pickup or like, order it to be shipped like I don't want to do it yeah because I get I I don't know I get in a funk and I enjoy that I don't know not that I enjoy the isolation but I have a hard time getting out of it so like if the kids are sick and we're home for like two weeks I have a hard time going back to work and being back around people transition like yes it is it's so hard and so I do. I really think that that is one of the main reasons I was like, I pushed really hard to opening a, an actual physical store was just so I could be with people. Yeah. Not only that, but to be my own boss, because I know myself enough to know that I cannot work for another human. Yes. <laughs> so like I have a very unique, a unique kind of situation. And I can, I can very much recognize that because I worked before I had kids. So like, I know what me in a workplace looks like. Didn't work out very well for me ever for any reason. Right. So when I met my husband and he was like, no, like you can stay home if you want to. Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah. I don't got to deal with people. It's fine. 
I mean, little did we know we were going to be, you know, broke as a joke doing that. But like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like it wasn't all sunshine yeah. and fucking rainbows. And yeah. I'm not, like as a person now, I realize I'm not really cut out to be a stay at home mom. And a lot of yeah. my issues were because I was doing something I wasn't really cut out to do. Yeah. Um, But I knew very well that when I wanted to go back to work and when I was ready, I'm like, we have to do this. We can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I knew that it was probably going to take me a long time to find something that was a fit for me because I, I can't, I can't do everything. Right. Right. Like some things I just can't do. I knew I did not want retail. I didn't want Walmart. I didn't want like, I I didn't want to get, I've already tried a gas station that didn't work for me either. And so when I had a friend reach out to me who is a stylist, she was like, hey, I'm going to work at another place. I'm at a part. There's a part time position that's going to be open at my job because she worked at the supply house, too, on top of being a stylist. Yeah. She was like, I think you'd be perfect for this job. I'm going to recommend you for it. I know you're looking for one. And it was like literally we had I'd talked to her like two or three weeks before that and was like, I think I might want to go back to work. But the right. night before she texted me this, I had literally had a full on nervous breakdown talking yes. about, like, I can't do this anymore. I have to go to work. Like, I don't know how we're yes. going to do this out because we don't have babysitting and we don't have this and we don't have that. But like, I have to, we have to figure it out somehow. Mm-hmm. And then she literally texted me the next day and was like, I have this job. It would yeah. be perfect for you. And so that just sort of lined up. And I knew that was just one of those fate things. Like it was always yeah. been. And I am so freaking lucky that I like what I do in a semi-retail, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like in a semi-retail yeah. environment. And I have a boss who totally gets me, like totally yeah. gets me. I can unmask there. Like I can be stupid. I can be loud. I can say bad words because we all do. Right. Like, right. but that is so unique in a, yeah. in a corporate setting, right? It's it is. So yes. And like, I didn't think I would ever fall into that. So I realized how incredibly lucky I am to get to do that. But when you're talking about starting your own thing, obviously I started the show like long before, before I went back to work, that was like a driving force for me. It's like, I'm looking for this deep connection with people and I'm looking for deep connection where we drop the formalities and we drop the right. bullshit. And I don't want your, like I told you earlier, I don't want the fucking highlight yeah. reel. Don't, don't give me the bullshit highlight reel of how wonderful right. everything was for you and how you love your, I love yes. so much. He's the best <laughs> friend in the whole world. And I have the best children ever. It's like, no, your kids no. are assholes and your husband's a dick sometimes. And I want to know, like, no, dude, my husband is a dick. <laughs> husband is a complete dickhead sometimes, but it's yep. like, but also, he's also a big fucking nerd, right? Like he's a we big just talked nerd. about that. Yes, we just like, so I just had this conversation with a friend yesterday about Tim, and she said, "Oh, so how are you and Tim doing?" And I said, "Good." I said, "I think he's he's finally done with his like two year fit. I feel like every two years, two or three years, my so we've been together thirteen years. I feel okay. like every two or three years, my husband and I will go through like a six month to twelve month period where we don't fucking like each other very yes. much." Yes. Same. Like when you just don't mesh and you just don't click and you just fucking hate each, like you're just irritated with each yeah. other. And we talk about it all the time. And I think the reason divorce rate is so high is because people haven't figured out how to like work past it or live through it 
or and like I'm not saying if you're in an abusive relationship or like you're like being gaslit like right. to stay in your relationship but like when I say my husband's a dick I mean like he throws his clothes on the floor next to the empty hamper right or like right. he I say can you stop by the store and grab this on the way home from work it'll make my life easier and he says no I'm coming home like you know what <laughs> right. I mean just like stupid little things that right. you're like dude, you're fucking driving past the store, like pull right. into the store and grab the milk. So I don't have to leave with the kids. Like, right. you know, you go through like spurts of life like that. And you realize like, like, uh, yeah, you kind of suck. Like I kind of suck too. There are times mm-hmm. where I'm like a total bitch to my husband because yes. I'm projecting like work frustration or like kid frustration and then it spirals and then he's mm-hmm. pissed at me. And, you know, you live like that for a little while and then you're like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Like, like I we're just partners think- here. Why are we taking it? <laughs> yeah, each other, like, right? like, but, yes. but also too, like I'm, I also had to recognize in the same vein, like I'm no fucking peach to live with. Okay. I'm oh, really, I know. like, I am a hot ass fucking mess all the yes. time. I am. Yes. I'm so neurotic. I have so many weird issues, so many yep. sensory things. And him and I are completely fucking different humans. Like, so are we. We could not be more fucking opposite. Like my best yeah. friend, my friend Lindsay tells me all the time, I don't know how you two have stayed together because you don't make I'm any not sense lie. together. <laughs> the thought has crossed my mind before. Yeah. Like, like he's so type A. Yeah. Like, buttoned up, conservative, not yeah. just like conservative almost. And you are like the complete opposite. But Tim and I are kind of like that. Like I am very extroverted. He's extremely introverted. He yeah. like I take my, I take I take our kids alone to like family functions and out, and I'm okay doing that. And I used to feel super judged by it. I used to feel like people were like, "Where's your husband? Like, why is your husband not helping you?" But I I would say after like the first three or four years of marriage, like I used to be really butt hurt when he'd say no, I don't want to take the kids to a movie or like, no, I don't want to go to Lincoln Memorial Gardens today. Like, no, I just want to stay home and play video games. Like, and I used to let that dictate my happiness. And like, I finally got to a point where I'm like, I can fucking do this. Like, and started taking the kids by myself Yeah, and like going to my parents' house by myself or like, you know, and I, I just, I think you have to realize that like, you're different people and like, you're not always going to want what your partner wants and that's okay. And like, you guys are not going to mesh on everything. And I feel like people like now I have a few friends and family members who are like, who are single and are trying to date. And I think my biggest takeaway from all of it is that they are not like, they're looking for the perfect thing. And I don't know that there's ever the perfect thing. Like I think Tim and I wake up every day And we choose to either be assholes to each other, but know that we're going to be there for each other. Like, like divorce never crosses our mind. Like that's not like we could be as pissed off and hate each other as much as like, like we could like seethingly, loathingly hate each other. And like, we never think of divorce. Like I know that he's going to be there when I wake up. And like, I think that people just have lost sight of that. Like that there are going to be times of disconnect and there's going to be times where you guys, you know, don't like each other and don't get along, but you have to consciously make that choice to be with that person. Right. Like, I don't know. That sounds really trivial, but like, well, I, I know it's, it's not, more like it, it's <laughs> deeper than I think people think it is. Like, it's not yeah. something like marriage to me. I was 
like there's a whole fucking story here and we would be here for three hours if i told it but like that's okay next episode no <laughs> right like next episode we'll talk about how <laughs> fucked up our relationship was when it first started Perfect. but like done it's just so different now than it used to yeah. be right yes. and like i yep. have never it's just weird in different ways because i've had relationships where like that relationship was fucking toxic and there was no way that was ever going to work but all i wanted was for that to work right you mean right. like when i followed a boy to florida who was clearly cheating on me in college oh yeah you like, mean packed like, up you my had a baby car. with one that was like obviously doing shit he shouldn't have been doing and had an extra burner phone that i didn't know about yeah. and um, was into a bunch of shit that i shouldn't have been anywhere near and oh was yeah blissfully in love that none of that was true right like yeah, yeah okay and I had Been a whole there. ass child with that person. Like a whole yeah. ass human came out of that, right? Yeah. So, and then I had to make sure that through legal actions, that person could never have anything to do with my whole human that mm-hmm. I was created in that situation, right? Yeah. So yeah, I've done some, there's been some fucked up relationships, but like this one was more so like I found this human, right? Mm-hmm. And I, something about him was so different from everybody else. Yeah. And but I was nowhere near ready for what he was ready to give me. Right. Okay, and so yeah. he got the bullshit of every other person that had ever hurt me. You know, I was projecting so much. Oh, yes. My own shit that I hadn't dealt with other people's shit that I hadn't dealt with. Well, oh, yeah. And then there was my family construct involved of like what a man looks like. Right. Like yes. what is a man? Correct. Well, he was yes. none of those things. Right. Yeah. Not a single one of those things. So then I had to yeah. deal with what my family thought about that. And then oh, I can't tell you I how many about that. I've heard you should have married a doctor. If yeah. you would have married someone more successful, you would have made a million dollars by now. Yes. Your company would be blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes. I don't want a million dollars. And I don't right. want, like, I love my asshole. Like, yeah, right. he's exactly. an asshole, but like, he's my well, asshole. I get it. <laughs> like, he's a big fucking socially awkward geek yeah. and nerd. Yeah. And like, yeah. But also, he may not be able to fix one fucking thing that breaks in this house, okay? We are hiring, (laughs) no matter what happens in here, other than the toilet guts, he figured out how to fix those, which was great. I was so proud of You're hiring out. You're hiring anything that fucking goes wrong in this house. But I can be 100% who I am every single day Mm -hmm. from raging fucking bitch down to the most loving damn near crying at every tiny sappy thing ever and everything yeah. in between, and he loves all of it yeah fucking bit of it and he has dealt with every disgusting nasty awful thing that i've ever said to him when i was mad all the yeah. love i have given him everything yeah. that my family has thrown at him he adopted a child that wasn't his that yeah. he did not have to do that like that is a fucking man out there Right. Like yeah. that is a man. A man is someone who can see the woman that is in their life and hold space for whatever the fuck that person needs to look like. <laughs> yeah. That and yeah. not run away from it. Do you yeah. Know I mean, sometimes Tim the- will sometimes Tim will take a tiny run away. He'll say, like, <laughs> I'm not texting you back. <laughs> right, like, right. I'm right. done texting you. I'll talk right. to you tomorrow. Right. And right. He'll literally not talk to me for 12 hours because <laughs> I need to cool off because I'm like right. a crazy person. Absolutely. But I mean, like, not like say, fuck you. I'm I know. out. Yeah. Like, divorce you. Right. Like, yes, fuck yeah. this. you're insane. I can't deal. <laughs> right. Like, I can't fucking deal with you. Like, you're yeah. insane. I'm out. Yeah. Man. Like, I'm right. done. And I'm not going to say that divorce has never crossed my mind because it fucking has a million times. And that would be a lie if I said that like 2020 
we almost did not make it. Like yeah. I was, I was out, I was gone. Like I had a plan. All my shit was going to be packed. We, my kids and I were moving to Georgia with my friend, Lindsay. Like we were fucking yeah. gone. Right. And he was in another country yeah. and I was getting ready to fucking dip. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, you guys also have the layer of military in your life and the separation right. that you have to deal with. And right. that's a whole other ball. It's a whole other ball game, but like, it's because like Tim and I have never had to be apart for, you know, a year at a time. Like that's a yeah. huge thing. I think the longest yeah. we've been apart, Gavin had a hospitalization for 35 days. He had intestinal surgery done and they ended up paralyzing his intestines. Oof. So they had to put a pick line in and do all these things. And I had to stay at the hospital with him for 35 days because I know some parents will have to leave their kids to go to work and do things, right, but like right. I could not. Yeah. And so it was, it was very trying. Like I cannot imagine, especially when, when you add the military thing, like, cause you're the sole caretaker then of these children, yes. you never have a break and, and add a global pandemic no, in the mix. Yes. And if he you was have no twenty <laughs> yes, if you have no physical backup, like if None. you don't have people that come and help you, like I can totally see that, but like, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, just yeah. like it, it's it's just a lot, right? Like it's it's a yeah. lot in general, but like I I can sit back now through everything we've been through and see how fucking lucky I am. Yeah. Because like you said, you have friends who are dating. You couldn't fucking pay me to date right now. Never. <laughs> I always joke. <laughs> it would have to I be Jesus himself would have to yeah. return to earth and say, I want that one for me to ever get rid of this yeah. man and go find another one. Like, I, no, yeah. we're not doing that. Yeah. Like I would yeah. rather I mean, deal with whatever bullshit is going on in my house right now and whatever yeah. shit goes on in my marriage and work through yeah. that than have to go back out into the fucking world and date right now. Like I always okay. say, like, I will just be single for the rest of my life. My husband jokes. Okay. My family has longevity on its side. All of the women in my family lived their late nineties, like 90, yeah. 94, 95, 97, 98. Tim's family, unfortunately is like sixties. They oh. all, yes, like, like, like his mom just turned 60 and it was like a big birthday for her because, mm -hmm. you know, it's like a familial thing. And I always joke that I'll have, I always joke, like, I'm going to have another life after you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're going to get remarried and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck no, I no. will never, I will never do this again. Like, not that it's bad, but like, this is it. Like when I told Tim that like we were getting married, like I, in my mind, like, I'm one of those people like, this is it. I'm going to give it one shot. I will live in a fucking ladies commune after this. Yes. With it a would be golden girls. Women golden girls in my who, house for real. Who like, help take care of you. Like, yeah. and you take care of each other. Like I will be the person who, who, who buys an apartment building for me and my four friends. And we will yeah. just all take turns caring for our kids. Like, yeah, I will, I will have casual sex. I will have yeah, all of that. People, yeah. Never, never again. again. Yeah. Never again. Like you're welcome to come hang out and we yes. can have fun and we can go <laughs> out and you can come over and like hang out with me. But like, then but you got to go, right. like, go, go home. Get out, like, get out. Like I, yes. I literally could yes. not. Fathom. But on the flip, on the flip side, like I always think to myself, if something were to happen to me though, like, and I were to die, you know, because this is where my PTSD, like morbid mind goes. Like yes. if I yes. were to die, I would want him to find someone to help him take care of the kids. Yes. Like I would want someone to step in. Like I would want him to remarry and I would want him to have someone to love him. But like, 
I can't imagine like doing that with someone else if he were to die. Right. Like I, I would just do it by myself. Same. But like I do as weird as that sounds like I would want someone to take care of him and to, you know, cook his meals and take the kids to the doctor and, you know, because he can't, he doesn't have the capacity to do that stuff. No, I I mean, I know he would learn if he had to learn. Yeah. But it is just like not in his realm of, you know, it's different. Like the maternal, there's no maternal instinct in a male. Like I'm not, I don't really want to make that generalization because I feel like there's like incredibly maternal, incredibly caring, but like, yes. It's different when they were inside you for, you know, nine months or yes. in a case less than that, you know, like, and Me then too. they come <laughs> out into the world and it's an extent a physical, literal extension of yeah. you. Like, yeah. and their cells are still in your body. Like, yeah. they, you are literally never disconnected from your kids yeah. once you've had them. And it's like, yeah. they don't have that same no. connection. Attachment. Yeah, yeah, they just don't. They don't. It's it's always going to be just a little bit different, I think. And, yeah. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It just is what it is. Right. And my husband has learned so much shit. I mean, so much shit since I started working. Like, things he's doing, I never thought in a million years he'd figure out how to do or be able to do. But, like, we, we've it's gone. It's so funny you say that because the this year at, at New Year's, we were talking about our resolutions. And Tim was like, this is the year I become uh, more involved was his, his resolution. And I'm like, what does that mean? Exactly. I'm like, you're pretty involved. Like you help do bedtime, you help do bath time. Like, you know, you bring kids their plates and he's like, I just want to be more present. Like he just wants to be more involved. And I'm like, well, okay, that's a good thing. But I just, I think as men mature and grow, I think even us as women, like we just, we realize like, that need again for connection. Like, I think he just, you know, yeah. So not that it's completely the same as a maternal, you know, bond, but I I do think that when some men, you know, you stop and you think about it, you realize like you want to be, you want to have that. Yeah. I just, I just think it goes back to, in my mind to like the hustle culture and like, we're so clouded by busyness and earlier when we were talking about parenting and how we're parenting, like in this age versus if we were to grow up in this age, you know, you know what I mean? Parenting then versus now. Sometimes I wonder if not that there's a spike in neurodivergence because of the way we live, but I definitely think it's exacerbated. Like I know personally, like being a business owner that I have to set extreme boundaries with my social media use and my technology use or I get overwhelmed and I literally want to retreat and like never touch it again. Yeah. Like it's either, I feel like it's either all or nothing. And I feel like even with my kids, I feel like if I let them, they'll play on the Oculus or they'll play on the PlayStation and their phone for 12 hours a day. And yes. I know it's compounding the feelings of depression, the feelings of comparison, the feelings of, oh my God, I want this. And they have this. And the feeling that they need to be busy and stimulated all the time. Like when we take electronics away from our kids, they have no idea what to do with themselves because they're so used to being like chronically stimulated. And I just, yeah, I wonder if, I wonder if we all just took a second to slow down and like be, you know, have the realization that like, these are the moments like, 
this is life. Like this will end eventually. Like we need to be more present to it all. Like whether it's being involved or, you know, having that, you know, maternal instinct. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just think we all need to slow the fuck down. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think that going back to the presence thing, like I don't really do like resolutions or like things like that because I'm again, ADHD and that never fucking happened. Like I will, I will lose interest in it at some I point. Pick so I, just, I, I pick a word. I pick a word of the year is what yes, I do. Yeah. So <laughs> I pick like a vibe, like what's my vibe yeah. for this year. And my vibe for this year was presence and slowing down yeah. and appreciating, like seeing everything from this vision, from this window of gratitude for like how far we have come so far. Yeah. Because I do honest to God feel like we do not spend time just occasionally looking back at what life was six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. And when you look and see like what has changed for our family Mm -hmm. in the last two years, three years, how things are so much different. Like when I had this surgery, if this Mm -hmm. surgery would have happened two years ago, I would have been in a much worse spot because I needed things before we got to this day, right? Yeah. Like I needed yeah. a lunch pillow. I needed ice packs. I needed this, mm-hmm. you know, all this other stuff. We were able to buy all of that. And oh, yeah. Blink about it. Do you know yep. what I mean? Like yes. not even blink yes. about it. And it wasn't a decision. And we're not making life decisions at the grocery store anymore. Right? Oh, yeah. We, like, so when, when Tim and I got together, um, when Tim and I got together, I got pregnant on our first date. We had both been casually dating other people. So like I had been actually seeing the manager at the hotel that I was working at and Tim was seeing his son's mother still casually. Okay. So we found out we were pregnant. Um, four weeks later, I call, well, I find out I'm pregnant. Three weeks later, I call him and I'm like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, that baby's not mine. There's no way. Like you're seeing someone yeah. else. Like we're just casually talking, whatever. Well, nine months and a DNA test later, Ethan is his yeah. <laughs> because I'm realistic. Like I was right. like, sure, yeah. let's do one, like whatever. And Ethan knows, like Ethan knows it happened. We were both, you know, we've always been really honest with the kids. Yeah. And, uh, cause Ethan looks just like me and the rest of our kids look just like Tim. Yes. Yeah. And so people all the time will make comments to him, which, you know, it's so stupid because those things stick with you forever. But, um, I ended up having placenta previa with Ethan and I was put on bed rest and I got laid off. I got let go from the job that I was at and ugh, my cat is scratching at the door. She wants in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to move. Yeah. Uh, all I can hear is. <laughs> um, anyways, I had placenta previa with Ethan and I was put on bed rest. And so I ended up like moving in with Tim. That was like the radical decision that made me move in with him. And he ended up getting laid off from his job oh, no. like four weeks later. So neither of us had a job. My car got repoed. We lost our apartment. We ended up moving into a condemned house in Thayer, Illinois that a friend owned. It had no furnace and no running water. We used to have to dump gallons of water in the back of the toilet to flush the toilet. Yeah. And I was six months pregnant at this time. I was extremely pregnant. And so we were waiting for a tax refund to come because I had just finished my last year of college so I could claim myself as a student. And, you know, I got, I think like $2,000, Yeah. but we used it to buy a 1989 escort wagon and move into our first apartment. But we think about it, like we were homeless and carless and jobless. And like, we ended up 
Todd Austin is the chiropractor in Verdon. He took a chance on us because we literally had no car and no jobs. And we said, we've got this check coming. You know, once we cash it, will you rent an apartment to us? And he was like, sure, I'll give you guys. You seem like good people. Like, I'll give you a shot. And I think to myself all the time, like, how different things could be. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, we we didn't, we couldn't afford food. And even when the kids were really little, Tim decided to go back to college. And he was like 29 at the time. He was, you know, this was seven years ago. He was the old man at school. He felt like. Yeah. Um, but we were living off of food stamps and WIC and, you know, all of it. And it is, it's crazy to think now that like pe- people always ask, and I think it really comes to me. And I think I'm more grateful about it when it comes to like holidays. And my mom will say, well, what do you guys need? And I, and I think to myself, well, if I need it, I buy it. Yeah. Like if I need, if I need a new pan because I scratched the bottom of it with a spoon, I go buy a new pan. Yeah. Like, and yes, sometimes, you know, things are tighter than others, but like, it's not like, oh my God, we can't pay our car payment now because we have to buy groceries. And like, yeah, I mean, I will, I'm not going to lie. This pandemic has made it really hard to be a family of seven and afford groceries. Absolutely. (laughs) We went went from spending like 200 bucks a week to like 400 bucks a week. But you know, that's when you make decisions. Like we stopped subscribing to Paramount Plus and we unsubscribed from Discovery Plus and we unsubscribed from Audible and, you know, like those luxuries, you, you know, you make decisions about it. And, uh, I think about that often. I mean, just where we've come and how far we've come. And I think Christmas is what really drives it home yes. for us because we used, to, we used to have to go wait in line at Catholic charities for free gifts when the boys were really little. And like we, the church one year, we used to, we used to, I did a small stint where we went to church because <laughs> I was trying to find rationality in my life. Yeah. And I'm not going to say I don't believe in a higher power. I, I, I'm agnostic. Yeah. But church is not really a fit for us. Like no. we just, we don't really fit in a church. I don't really enjoy church life. Um, I don't, I don't, um, I don't vibe with the expectations mm-hmm. and the, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to eloquent, eloquently say this. Like I'm very appreciative for the two years that we went to church and the help we received from members of the church, some members of the church, but I just, it was not a fit for us. Yeah. That's a different day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could, I could talk a religion is another thing we could just <laughs> go for hours on for sure. Uh, no, but I mean, I do, I do think about that a lot. I feel like gratitude is kind of the basis of my parenting style and my business. I know you follow the, my, you know, my store page. I always joke that my posts on my shop page on my business page are kind of cathartic for me. I feel like it's self-therapy because I will post things like, you know, like today I made a post about watching what you say around your children, or like, sometimes I'll make a post about mental health, or sometimes I make a post about, you know, not comparing yourself to anyone else, but your past versions of yourself. And yeah, I, I, I constantly, um, I think it's self-therapy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I feel like Christmas too, for us is a big deal. Like we, this last Christmas and the prior Christmas were the easiest best like financial situations we've ever been in and like especially this Christmas okay because 
Christmas plans were thwarted by the flu. <laughs> this year, okay. Like, yeah, we had the flu too. This whole thing planned. We yeah. were going to take them to Harry Potter Magic at Play up in Chicago. Oh, and yeah. We also had Legoland tickets and we were going to go do that all in one day. Like, I had. You're crazy. I had t shirts. <laughs> no, I am. I'm nuts. I had yeah. t shirts for both places, bought Lego t shirts. I had their house cups, t shirts, wands, letters right. to Hogwarts that we ordered on Etsy. Uh, like, I mean, this was a whole thing, right? And their, yeah. their stuff from Santa is always like a couple small little things yeah. in their stocking, right? Like, we don't yeah. do a big Santa thing in our house. We the used to until we saw the viral meme that was like, I, I think the kids were really little. And I saw like this viral meme that was like, what if your kid goes to school and says Santa brought him an Xbox and yes. someone else says Santa bought him a yo-yo? Yeah. And the kids were probably five or six at the time. And I thought, oh, shit. Like, I have totally Same. been doing this backwards. Like, Same. we've been doing the big gifts from Santa and the big gifts should be for mom and dad. And so we, I was going to say, it's probably been five or six years that we've kind of not that the kids noticed because they were so little, but yeah, yeah I always, I always make Santa very minimal, and then the right. big stuff is from us. So like they had like some little stress balls from Five Below and a calendar yeah. and a ramen bowl because they Nick loves ramen. <gasps> the microwave ramen bowls we bought those this year too. <laughs> yeah, it's like this one was like from this site called Box Lunch, and it was a Naruto one, and it was like oh, ceramic. Yeah. And it had like little holes in it that for the top chopsticks to go through. Like, yes, it it wasn't expensive. Right. But something he liked. And so little things like that. And then this trip was going to be a surprise. So we had these boxes and we were going to put their T-shirts and their wands and everything in it. And we were going to let them open it and go. And we're going right now. You know, like, yeah. Yes. Trip and Legoland. We had all this money set back so that whatever they wanted at Legoland. Yes. It was going to be a yes trip. And we were thinking, like, this is the first time we have ever been able to do something like this for our kids. Yeah. And we were so excited that we could do something like this for our kids. Well, then we all got fucking sick. So, like, that didn't happen. Yes. But then at the last minute, I had to go scramble and buy a bunch of gifts for the tree because yes. I didn't oh want my gosh. them to know. About, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't want them to know that this yeah. surprise was for Like, I didn't want them to know about yes. that. So yeah. we still have all the stuff for the trip and we're, we are able to reuse it eventually, <laughs> eventually, but like, but that would have never been able to happen a couple years. I would not have been able to go and spend money on extra gifts after I already bought yes. all this other stuff. Like it would have yes. never been able to happen. And the fact that yes. it could, like him and I do not let that shit be lost on us. Like we just, yeah. don't. and I feel like. That is one of the ways that we have avoided this hustle, this hustle culture and the the extravagance and keeping up with the Joneses because we are making a conscious effort to like only compare ourselves to our past versions of ourselves. And it's not, it's not, I don't want to like make it sound like I'm some like revolutionary human because it's, I'm not, but (laughs) I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. It just just sounded kind of arrogant for a second, but like. I try for my own self because I am very impulsive. I am very like future focused. I future. Oh, so am I. And, and so my husband is not. He's yeah, very same. much He's like not today. Either, now. Like, same for him. And so it's like he I always say like he I'm the one that's like I'm the balloon that's like trying to float off into space and he's holding my string. Right. Yes. Like he keeps yep. me grounded and without like 
crushing my dreams, right? Like he doesn't ever crushes my dreams, but yeah. he always reminds me like, Hey, there's a version of reality you need to be rooted in. Right. And yeah. I, so for me, it, it's a very, very conscious effort to remind myself all the time that life is lived right now. Yeah. Like right Absolutely. now, today, right yeah. now. And focusing on the past is not always helpful either. But if right. you do that in a frame of like, look at how far I have come in my life. Right. Right. I feel like it helps me to stay present in a way. I feel like Tim does that for me in the aspect of anxiety. Yeah. Like I will worry and worry and worry. And he'll say, did the outcome change by you worrying? Yeah. Like, did you fixating and hyper fixating on this issue and thinking about the extreme, like, oh my God, you're going to die. Or, oh my God, this is going to happen. Like, did, did that change the outcome? But then in my mind, I'm like, well, what if my worrying and my planning is what made this outcome happen? And he's like, shut up. Like, shut up, Jessica. And I'm like, (laughs) I I mean, I see it from both ways. Like I do, I do. I, I mean, I agree like the future. And I, I just, I, I posted a big thing about this not too long ago about how the past isn't real. It's already gone. Yeah. You can't change it. And like the future isn't even here yet. Like it's right. not even a thing. It's not even the future isn't even a tangible thing that you can actually plan for. No. Because what if a butterfly flaps its wings in Thailand and a tsunami happens and then the stock, you know, like, you, yeah, you know, like yeah. you, you can never tr- like you can give your best guess, but like. I think, I think that I have wasted a huge part of my adult life up until recently worrying about and future planning. Like I, I try to plan vacations for like next year yeah. and Tim is like, why are you, why are you doing that? What happens if we bust a tire? What happens if our fridge goes out? Like what happens if he's very much like Jordan? He's like in, yeah. in the future, like in the present, like no like let's plan it closer to time or like, yeah. but I'm the same way. I have the big ideas and I will say though, that he, he has learned to kind of trust some of my big ideas because I feel like, I feel like I have to have a big idea in order to have a goal to work towards. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I have to like your trip. Like I feel like I have to plan that trip so that I can squirrel away money for it or you know what I mean like not buy the most expensive Maytag dryer if our dryer yes. dies I buy the generic you know Amino right. one or whatever like but no we're very similar in that but it is it's crazy to sit and think like five years ago so it actually I just posted about this today I know I keep talking about my posts but um in tw- February 19th or February 13th of 2019 I made a post that said I wish that I could open a boutique that carried handmade and local self-care eco goods and home products looking for capital investors. And I shared it again today because I do, I feel like you need to have, I need, I know I personally need to have almost like a big picture so that I stay focused. If not, I feel like I get lost in the tornado of everyday life. Yes. Like I feel like I get lost in the, Oh my God, I'm literally talking to you right now, but I'm staring at the three hampers of laundry that are sitting at the end of my bed. Uh And like, I get lost in that. And I feel like I lose myself in that. And I don't take steps. Like I I preach self-care to everyone else. And that's what I do as a profession. You know, I preach taking care of your body, your mind, you know, all of it. 
But then I lose myself because I'm constantly like "Ah," trying to take care of everyone else. And so I do feel like, like I said, having a, having a big picture or a goal, even if it's a weekly picture or a monthly picture helps me kind of stay grounded. And I feel like I have Tim as the, you know, the angel on my ear going, you shouldn't do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, hang out a minute now. <laughs> I know, right? Like, slow down. But no. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very good. fly by the seat in my pants type of human. And he's yeah. very, like, like, sometimes though. And like other times I will literally like meticulously plan every tiny detail and then disappoint myself. I'm, I'm so weird. I always every time. People- every time. I was just talking about this in context to Valentine's Day. Yeah. I know we're jumping around, but I feel like I feel like every year on Valentine's Day for the first 10 years of Tim and I's relationship, I was disappointed and I cried. I feel like I cried every Valentine's Day because in my mind and, and on social media and in literature and on TV, like there are always these big, massive, romantic grand gestures. There are men sending flowers to your work, showing up with, you know, big, massive teddy bears. Like I'm a grown ass woman that doesn't want a teddy bear. But like if, if my husband showed up with a teddy bear, I would probably still be like, oh, like, yeah. thanks. what am I going to do with this thing now? But, uh, you know, like, where's this thing going to go? Is it bad if I throw it away? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I always have these unrealistic expectations about what I think, you know, he should do. And I'm always let down. Yeah. Like I, I, I will always be let down, but like, I know my husband is not a gift giver. Yeah. That's not his love language. His love language is physical touch. Yeah. He wants to touch me or hug me or, you know, God forbid, have sex with me when my right. kids aren't banging right. on the door going, mom, 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 <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you in there? Like, yeah. But I just, and my love language is acts of service. So like I do, not that I necessarily like the gifts, but I like the gesture. Yeah. Like even if it's bringing home a soda from the gas station yes. or you know what I mean? Like the small things. I'm but- very much take it off my plate. Like that, that's, yes. if you want to love me, take shit off my plate. Right. It's like, sort of like, I want. yes. Like yeah. earlier when I said the years that Tim and I don't get along are the years or the, the months or the days or the weeks where I say, can you stop by the grocery store and please just pick this up for me? Or can you pick up Ethan from a practice and the days mm-hmm. where he's like, I mean, and when he says no, he means no, that man has like the healthiest boundaries in the entire yeah. world. And they sometimes come off as asshole-ish, but that's just him respecting that he doesn't have the capacity to do that. And he right. knows that. Yeah. And so, and, and you know, and he's honest about it and I'm not, and I work myself like a crazy person because I don't listen, but no, that's, I'm very much the same way. I'm like, take it off my plate, vacuum, unload the dishwasher. That's an act of love for me. Like yes. give Gavin his bath. Care tax and chores. Care tax and chores because it's difficult. Like I have come to the realization at 30, almost 33 years old that I am not domesticated and I never will be right. Like never going to be. And I try to be, (laughs) I tried very hard for seven years to be a domestic housewife. Right. I really tried and it literally sucked the soul out of me. And so when I had that very honest conversation with him about how, like, for whatever reason, it makes no sense. House tours make me 
insane. It's like causes me physical pain sometimes to clean a toilet. Like I know that sounds stupid, but it's real. Like it's a real thing and I can't physically bring myself to do it. And so I'm shaking my head. Yes. For yeah. everyone listening. And so, he, <laughs> and so when I had that conversation with him, he doesn't love doing the dishes, but like, he's like, it's whatever it's dishes. I'll do the dishes. If you can't bring yourself yeah. to do the dishes, I'll do the dishes. And yeah. so we had a conversation about how the household needed to be divided and who handled what and, and when and why. And, and right. yes, it ebbs and flows a little bit because sometimes he's not here and I have to do yeah. the things, but it makes it easier when he's not here and I have to do the things that every other day of the week, he does the things right. Yeah. Like my right. husband does laundry. He does dishes. He cooks now. He mm -hmm. like, will clean, he cleans his bathroom. Like I yeah. don't touch that a toilet cleaning someone else's shit off of a toilet makes me want to vomit in my mouth Yes, even like cleaning my own toilet like my toilet that yeah. I use so like the only other person that's allowed to use my toilet is Noah yeah because he doesn't make a mess everywhere when he uses it so like oh this is a constant fight in my house because we have a master bathroom yes theoretically should just be mine and my husband's because right. we have a hall bathroom that's for the kids and the boys walk in here and they pee down the front of my toilet yeah or they no. pee on my toilet seat and I sit on it yeah no it's we I literally had a full-on fucking come apart one day yes. over the bathroom and I st we still fight about the bathroom because he doesn't feel like it needs to be cleaned as often as I feel like it needs to be cleaned yes but, but you don't want to clean it and he's I, cleaning it right so you can't so I have to shut up a little bit <laughs> so like if people are coming over because that's our main bathroom, I make yes. like you have to clean it. It has to be clean. People don't yes. shit and piss on a nasty toilet in my house. Okay. That's not what yes. happens. But like when I said I refuse and I do mean fucking refuse to clean your toilet. So if you're going to go to the bathroom in filth, that's on you. No yeah. one uses the toilet that is between. We have a Jack and Jill bathroom between our back yeah. two bedrooms. It's not a, a true master, but like, right. that's my toilet. No one is allowed to use this toilet but yeah. me and Noah. And that's it. You and Nicholas get that toilet. You can yeah. piss on it, shit on it, whatever you want to do. Whatever. But you come in here and you use my toilet for whatever reason and you piss on my seat. Or you will bring your ass right back here. You will clean, clean it, it off. And then I will use the bathroom. Uh, I'm not. I feel like that's the, you people. Yes. That's the only come to Jesus. We, we, we fight over at our house. Like the yeah. kitchen, I don't mind cleaning up. It's the fucking bathrooms because these yes. boys kiss and poop and get yes, it, I everything don't everywhere. It. I don't make it look like that. So why do I no. have to it? Like, that's what no. I'm thinking. Like, I did not do that atrocity that I am yes. right now. <laughs> I'm not even sure how we fucking arrived here at the mess know. I am looking at. But I didn't fucking make it, so I'm not. That's me. It. Yeah, that's me, and I'm constantly like, I that, you that know, I feel like is the biggest parenting fight that we have is yeah. that. I don't make this mess, but I clean up 100% of it every time yeah. because it physically bothers me to be yeah. in such a disorganized, messy environment. Yes. Like I have, I have learned that I can, I am either comfortable in the complete chaos if it's like this all the time. Okay. That sounds really weird and really gross, but like if yeah. my house is gross and it's just always gross, then like you learn to kind of live in the gross, like growing yeah. up, I had a messy bedroom. Because it was overwhelming for me. Like right. it was overwhelming for me. Not that I have OCD, but it was overwhelming for me to have it clean 100% of the time. Like I either want it all the way clean. All the or, time. Or like there's no in between. Yeah. Right. There's Same. no in between. Like, like it's either a fucking pigsty in here or it looks like a museum. Yes. Like I, because I will hyper fixate and like super clean the house. 
And I just, you were talking about how domestic chores, like they make your skin crawl. And I feel like I enjoy domestic chores if they're for pleasure to me. Like I enjoy gardening. I enjoy canning. I enjoy um, painting if I'm picking out a new paint color, but I do not enjoy the in, the in-between process. Like yes. I do not enjoy the weeding of the garden. I don't enjoy the taking everything off the walls to paint the walls. Mm-hmm. Like I don't enjoy the fact that I have to like, yeah, I don't. It's just, it's either all or nothing. Like I, I <laughs> yeah, like there's and- no in-between for me. <laughs> I know. And like this fucking side eyes that I get from people when I when I tell the story of like the bathroom, because I feel like that's a big like weird. Weirdly enough. The story of the bathroom that I don't clean his says everything you need to know about our relationship. Right. Like like I don't clean his bathroom and I don't put his clothes away because he's particular about how he wants everything. And yeah. I don't fucking roll like that. So yeah. if you want it a certain way, you do it, right? Yeah. And I have said this to a few people who have looked at me like I have 10 fucking heads. And what, gone, like you're not taking care like, of him? Or what like do you're you not... mean you don't clean his... T- he has a toilet? Like, what do you mean Yeah, you don't put his clothes away? <laughs> I'm like, no, y'all don't get it. Like, we don't okay. roll like that here. Like, so we here's a weird thing. Here's a weird thing in our relationship that a lot of people will uh, go like, what? Yeah. But like, Tim and I don't sleep together at night. Yeah. Tim, Tim has slept on the couch the 13 years we've been married. Really? He very, very rarely sleeps in bed with me. And he prefers to sleep alone. Yeah. Like he doesn't like it when I touch him in bed. He doesn't like it when I, we've tried separate blankets. We, I'm currently sitting on our California king size bed as we talk (laughs) right now. He will nap in our bed alone. Yeah. He will like, if he's taking a nap, he will nap in here alone gladly. If I am having like a girl's night, he'll sleep in bed. No problem. Yeah. Um, if Evelyn comes in our, I call it our bed, but it's really my bed. Yeah. He'll sleep in Evelyn's bed sometimes alone. Yeah. But he, he does not enjoy co-sleeping. We have like, it, there's an official name for it. It's called sleep divorce. And oh. I didn't know it was a real thing um, until, I don't know, we were talking about it with a friend and they were like, what the hell do you mean you don't sleep together? And I'm like, no, like if we go on vacation and we're like in a hotel, we'll sleep together. Yeah. Or like if we're staying at a friend or family's house, we'll sleep together. But I enjoy sleeping with the TV off in the dark. Tim enjoys sleeping with the TV on obnoxiously loud. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like it when I touch him. He doesn't like it when we share blankets. Like we have sex in our room together. Like, yeah. like we have sex every other places as well. <laughs> the kids right. aren't home, but like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, a lot of people are like just flabbergasted and like taken aback. Like, what do you mean you guys yeah. don't sleep together? This is weird. But like, I can see that, but also like, it's good not weird you. to us. Like, like, good for you. Like, do what you got to do. Because, like, what what is the fucking alternative? Be miserable? Yes. Like, and we and don't sleep, sleep. And then we're grouchy. And, and then you're mad at each, each other. other. And then you hate each other. And you're fighting. Yes. And it's a term. What is the fucking yes. alternative? We like, joke all the time that we would. Maybe we should get twin beds. Like, we like they had yeah. in the 50s. <laughs> like, maybe yes. we should get like twin split, beds. Maybe like they were split onto king. something. Like, they make the split, the split, the split kings where you have, yeah. like, the adjust for the adjustable beds. You know? <laughs> yes. I just need to get, like, 
two twin beds and like push them together. Right. And, and so yeah. like, if you ever need people, like people come over or whatever, like you push them together. So it looks like yes, it looks like one, <laughs> but then when you go to sleep, you just fucking push them apart a little yes, bit. And you're yes. yes. <laughs> but I mean, funny. you know, I feel like it goes back to like, you pick your battles yeah. and like, I chose, I chose him as my human. Like right. he's my human. This is what works for us. Yeah, our relationship doesn't have to look like your relationship. So, like, if Jordan wants to piss in a shitty, gross bathroom, like, fucking let him piss in the right. shitty, gross bathroom. Like, right. go if for Tim it. Wants to sleep on the couch because he fell asleep playing video games at midnight, and I want to go to bed at ten o'clock with the TV off in the dark because I'm one of those weirdos that sleeps with the blinds up and the light off because it, you know, your circadian rhythm, and that's yeah. me as a person. And Tim wants to blast Futurama at three in the morning. And all I hear is dun, 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 dun. And I'm waking up like, what the fuck? Like, let him sleep on the couch. The man right. can sleep on the couch. Right. We have a big, massive sectional for everyone who's listening, thinking I've got my six foot four husband on a love seat. <laughs> like, he picked the couch out. She loves it. Right. If you, if you come over, you'll notice there's a quilt that's folded up on the back of the couch. And there's um a, like a full size normal pillow thrown in with the throw pillows. and that's what he does he that's, whatever man it works for us yeah so. like i just no. think that that's that shit's stupid like why yeah. it goes back to like to the parenting thing like we were saying like what does everyone in your house need and like if yeah. you to be a functional human and yeah. be a good person to you and his kids if he needs to yeah. not sleep in the same bed as you fine. yeah like i know that's that's pretty like, much how we are we're like whatever that. i don't understand the have- problem if he could have his own bedroom, he would be happy with that too. But yeah. <laughs> we live in a small house. Yeah. Like you my know? grandparents haven't slept in the same bed for 30 fucking years because my grandfather snores like a fucking crazy person. And my grandmother is an incredibly light sleeper. Yeah. So they haven't slept in the same bedroom in yeah. years. But, but they're probably crazy. happy. They come they're out funny. and they see each other in the morning. Yeah, and like, Tim comes in and he wakes, you know, he'll come, he gets up an hour before I do. He has to be at work by like six, six thirty. So he'll come in and, you know, give me a kiss and wake me up. And like, yeah, I don't know. It's not a weird thing for me. And like, I don't feel less intimate with him. Like, I don't feel less romantically connected or less in love with him. Like you're sleeping next to a per like you're sleeping. You're not you're unconscious you're sleeping like, anyway. Like you're just asleep. And see, I'm I don't I don't care either way so much. But like, I'm more of the person that's like, if I know he's out there, but every night he's been in here and he's supposed to be in here, then I can't yeah. sleep. You know what I yeah, mean? it like, took me it took me a couple years to like at first I felt abandoned like yeah. at first I felt abandoned by him like I felt like he he didn't want to be close to me and like subconsciously I felt like that was him like distancing like distancing himself from me like he didn't want to be like you know what I mean it felt like, yes. like, a, yes. like a like a clash to our intimacy but then yeah. like after thinking about it like you know, we we're sleeping. We're, it's yeah. not like we're not having sex. We have five kids. We have sex right. often. Right. You know, like, it's not like we're not, you know, cuddling next to each other on the couch. Like it's not, you know, like he doesn't hold my hand when we're in public or put his hand on the small of my back. It's not like he doesn't hug me every day when he comes home from work. Like we literally are just not unconscious next to each other. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's literally all it is. Like <laughs> when you boil it down, that's all it is. Like, right. I feel like that's, but it that did. It did feel like abandonment in the beginning. I, and I I can see that. I think we just are so 
um, programmed to want to be like everyone else and do things the way that we think we're supposed to. And it comes back down to that model behavior. And I really think that, you know, the 2020s are, are about people realizing, I mean, I, I, this goes as far as like being gender non-binary and like LGBTQ and like neurodivergent and all of us realizing that like, I feel like there's a huge group of people who are still like baby boomers and very conservative and living that model life. And that's fine for them. But the world is shifting without them. It's there. Yes. I feel like there are families like mine who like my husband and I sleep separately or like you and your husband have different bathrooms, like, and you're okay with that. Or, you know, we're acknowledging that yes, in fact, we are parenting different and yes, in fact, our marriages look different and you know, we're moving in that direction. And I, I think it's kind of, it's very empowering that not only us talking about this now on your podcast, but like you can go on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and you can see all these things. And, you know, I do feel like I could go on about how social media is just like a distraction in our lives. And, yes. you know, we're not present and, you know, it is a way for me to disassociate, which is, you know, sometimes healthy for me, but yeah, I also think it's a good you know, it, it's, it's, it's a great thing that we're all talking about these things now when we realize like, oh, we're not alone. Like I would have never known that my husband and I sleeping in separate rooms was called a sleep divorce unless I like accidentally scrolled through it on social right. media. Right. Like, like I would have. <laughs> it's just such a strange thing to call it though. It's like, I don't know. Like we're not. It's, it's what they sleep- call it. It's, it's just sleeping life. somewhere else, man. Like that's <laughs> strange to me. Like, I don't know. It's just that's weird. what the official, like official term is called and Lord. I did I fell down like the rabbit hole about how like I don't know and, and then I I when once I heard the term I started googling and it was like how sleep divorce can save your marriage and all this and I'm like well I don't know that our marriage was really like the problem yeah the like problem I think it was just he just needs to sleep on the couch like we have different fucking deep <laughs> yeah like we have different sleep habits like right it is what it is. Like some yeah. people sleep with a nightlight. Some people sleep with it off. My husband sleeps with the TV on volume 10 and I'm yeah. like, turn it the fuck down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm such a light sleeper because I have to listen for Gavin yelling for me. Right. Um, right. That like the TV will just, I'll be awake. I'll be up from midnight until three in the morning and then yeah. Gavin will cry out at four and then I'm not sleeping and I've only slept two hours and it just, it just doesn't work for us. Yeah. And I mean, whatever, man, that just goes back to like, do what you got to fucking do. Like, it's yeah. not it's not it doesn't have to be that deep. And I feel like people yeah. make such big deals out of such tiny things. OK, so we're stopping there for today. That was a lot of stuff in one episode. Like I said, we talked so long. I had to split this into two and it was a little bit of a, an abrupt like stop and I'm sorry for that but there was literally no other better place to do it like the original place I had it picked to stop made even worse sense so here we are that was part one of meet Jess Lance um this again was so much fun I'm super happy that she sat down and did this with me we have so much in the works for you guys spoiler alert so please tune in next week for all of the tea about what's coming up next for the show and our continued conversation. So all the podcasty things are in the show notes as where is as 
words are hard as well as everywhere you can find Jess. I will put all of her info in show notes. All my podcasty things are there. Y'all are sick and tired of hearing me saying it at this point, but go buy some shit from me. Um, You can buy me a coffee. You can buy my merch. You can like, follow, share all of the things on all the socials. Go join the Facebook fam. Jess is in the Facebook fam, by the way. If you want to connect with her, she's also in my Facebook fam. So go do all the podcasty things and we will see you next week. Okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> oh my God, I can leave the meeting. You're recording it. Just <laughs> A disclaimer pops up. <laughs> I know. Do you want to leave? Because she's recording. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yeah.